And while you're turning there, I'm going to get this cough drop open. We will be praying today. We'll just be praying at the end. So, worry not. Hebrews chapter 10, and let us pray. Father in heaven, we thank you and we glorify you. Lord God, your name is to be exalted. You are to be worshipped. You are to be served. You are to be honored, Lord God. And today I pray, as you bring this message, Lord God, that you convict the hearts that are sitting here. And the Lord God, that the truth of this message, the truth of your word is revealed to every heart and mind sitting in this congregation today. Lord God, my prayer is your will be done. So I hope and my prayer is also that that you would just remove me and that you would speak to your people. Lord God, humble me, humble us as we seek to know more of you. In Jesus mighty name. Amen. Hebrews chapter 10 and turn to verse nine. Chapter 10 and verse nine, please. And the scripture reads, then he said, behold, I have come to do your will. He takes away the first in order to establish the second. By this, we will have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Verse 11 reads, every priest stands daily ministering and offering time after time the same sacrifices, which can never take away sin, sins, excuse me. But he, having offered one sacrifice for all sins, for all time, sat down at the right hand of God. Let's stop for a moment. Let's let's go back to verse nine. Today, I want to talk to you about the effect of salvation. Real simple. This is not a complicated message today. This is not you want. You're not going to walk out with a Ph.D., Okay. You're not going to walk out with a Ph.D., but my prayer is is that you walk out knowing Jesus Christ if you don't know him today. The prayer is is that you come out of here. Listen, we got a lot of saved folks sitting in here. We got maybe we got some lost folks in here. The, The whole purpose of today, the whole purpose of each and every day of why we exist, the whole purpose of Christ was so that men will come to know Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. Real simple. That's it. God is going to get glorified in your salvation. I'm standing here today to glorify God because he saved me. He saved me. Yeah, praise God. He saved me. And it is well with my soul. Every song we sang, I mean, blessed assurance. It is well because he saved me. I have 100% surety and no, no doubt in my mind that when Jesus comes back, guess where I'm going? I'm going with him when he comes back. I have no doubt in my mind. If I were to drop dead right now, even though it would be painful to see, guess what? I'm going to be excited. I'm going to be shouting because there's 100% assurance in my life right now of the finished work of Jesus Christ. 100%. 100%. There's not one thing about my salvation I question. There's not one. Are there other things that I question? Should I have worn this shirt with these shoes? Should I have, you know, shaved my head? Yes, all of those things I question, but my salvation I don't. 
okay? I don't. Because, go back to verse 9, then he said, behold, I have come to do your will. Wow. I have come to do your will. I have come to do your will. Behold, I have come to do your will. When he says that, think about it. He's come to do the will of the Father. Do you know what that will is? Do you know what the will of the Father is? Do you know what the will of the Father is in your life? Do you? Well, you see, here's the thing. You couldn't do anything about it. <laughs> That's the thing. You, you were wretched, sinful, just, just, uh, just unclean before a holy God. That's what you were. And when God saved you, his will was, for you to be saved. And then not only that, but to turn around and tell others about what happened. Because that's still his will. For you to continue to communicate. For you to continue to tell. And so Jesus came in and he says, listen. You can't do it. But I can. And then he did. Because look what he says in verse 9. He takes away the first in order to establish the second. Now, a lot of people that believe in replacement theology think, oh, the Old Testament is done away with. No, wrong answer. Jesus Christ came in and fulfilled the law. Jesus Christ came in and he didn't take away the law. He just fulfilled it. And then he took the system that they had to follow to try to be right before a holy God. He took it away through the blood of his cross. Other than that, guess what we would still have to be doing to this day? All of y'all have to have your bulls and your goats and your doves and everything lined up so we could come in here and sacrifice in the right way. We'd have to have a priest standing here to, to handle that sacrifice and do it properly. If not, the bull goes away and we got to bring another one in and do it all over again. Now, if any of y'all ever carved up anything in your life, most of the time you ain't done it right the first time, right? That's right. Thank you, Brother Ray. So Jesus came in so that you can spend an eternity with heaven. He came in and he took he he took away the first and, re, and not replaced it, but established the second. He fulfilled it. He took it away and said the system is not that God. The law is still there, y'all. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not covet. All of those things are still in place, right? Because Jesus died on the cross doesn't mean that we could go out and be a bunch of adulterous, murderous maniacs, right? We've got to be who Christ has created us to be, correct? You can't just do whatever you want. Christianity is not a democracy. You can't just say whatever you want. It's not a democracy. You're going to give an account of every word you say. Do you know that? So you need to watch out about your freedom of speech. Man may want to hear it, but God, like, I don't hear that out of your mouth. You need to get it together. But he took away, he took away the old system. But the commandment's still there. So he takes away the first in order to establish the second. And the establishment is Jesus. You see the goats, the bulls, the rams, 
all of that stuff that's being sacrificed, it never satisfied God. Go to Hebrews chapter 6. You can read it. Uh, no, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. You can read it right there. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. You see, it's the faith that needs to please him now because the blood offerings couldn't. And so Jesus had to come and do that. Now look at verse 10 back in chapter 10. By this, we will, we will, will we have been satisfied, excuse me, let me go back, start over, chapter, chapter 10, verse 10. By this will we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. Every year, you don't have to, Jesus don't have to come get on the cross every year, y'all. Praise God for that. See, those of you that are sitting in here lost and don't know Jesus and are trying to do that thing that's right, and you keep trying to do it over and over again, and you keep promising God that, hey, I'm going to do this, Lord. Hey, I'm going to do this, Lord. Hey, I'm going to do this, Lord. And all he's telling you is, guess what? Jesus is hung on the cross. He was buried. He rose on the third day. It's done. I just need you to put your faith in him. That's it. Is it that easy? Yep. If he wanted it to be hard, he would have made us stick to the law. Huh? But he made a better way for us. He made a be- he made a better way for you. He made a better way for me. And he when he did that, he did it one time and he he was done. He was finished. Cuz look at verse 11. Every priest stands daily ministering and offering time after time the same sacrifice which can never take away sin. You see, the priest, when you're standing, you're usually at work. The priest had to constantly work. They're constantly going and going and going and going. Okay. And all they did was buy you another year. All they did was buy you a little bit more time. But it never did take away the sin. It just covered it up. It never did fully satisfy the sin. But the priest had to stand there and keep working and working and working and working and working. But then Jesus, look at verse 12. But he, having offered one sacrifice for sins for all time, sat down at the right hand of God. You see, when you're done working, what do you do? Boom. Yes, I'm done. No more. It's all good. I'm done. It's all done and handled. You saw that you're lost. You see, you see, when I got saved, now the work keeps going. We keep going on the mission. But when I got saved, I, I didn't have to keep trying to prove God that I loved him. I could, <laughs> whew, praise God for that cross. And I could sit down. Now, I keep working. Don't get me wrong. I keep preaching. I keep teaching. I keep ministering. I keep giving. Keep loving. Keep going. Keep doing all of that stuff. But the part of trying to please God, guess what? When Jesus sat down, what? God, because guess what God did? Guess what Jesus did? He didn't sacrifice it down here. He took his offering straight to God. 
He took it straight there and put it at his feet, laid himself and said, here I am. And God said, yeah, you are. There you go. That's sufficient. You see, that's the good part about being saved. You didn't even have to take the offering to God. God took his own offering to himself. All you got to do is put your faith in it and believe in it. That's all you got to do. That's all you got to do. I have called Sheila out. She did it. Didn't you? One week ago today. Been sitting in this church, dancing with the kids, doing all that good stuff. But needed Jesus. And she did it. There's Wayne Tate. She's good to go. All she got to do is just keep serving, keep loving, keep it. It gets easier once you get to going, don't it, Sheila? Come in here Wednesday night smiling. I mean, not that she wasn't always smiling before, but it was just a bigger smile. You know, it was like one of those emoji deals. You know, it was all that, that cheesy one with the shiny cheeks. Brother Wayne sat here for 10 years. Sat here for 10 years, lost as an Easter egg. Yeah. And then found Jesus. And Jesus found him. And now look at him. He's good to go. Wow. You know, and, and because what? Because look at verse 12 again. Because he, having offered one sacrifice for sin for all time, <laughs> that means what you did last week, he covered it. What you did, what you're going to do next week, provided he don't come back, it's covered. What you're going to do a year from now, handled. All that stuff that you just can't get over that you did in your past, you can put it under the feet of Jesus Christ. Never to go back. You want to know why? Because he did it for all time. And then, and then when he got done, he offered and he sat down. He sat down and all Jesus is waiting to get up and do again is to come back and crush his enemies. Make his, in the next verse, make his enemies his footstool. That don't mean he's going to prop his feet up on their head, y'all. He's going to come and he's going to put a hurt on them. And then guess what you get to do? You get to stand there and watch him do it. You ain't even, we're going we're gonna to be dressed in our, our, our new arraignment, all this other stuff. We're going to have, we're going to have all of these things, our new arraignment, everything. We're going to have all this good stuff, and we don't even have to get it dirty. We're going to pull up at the battle. <laughs> and what, who, what we say this? Jesus, he's going to say, here, hold this and watch this. He ain't got to hold nothing for him. He's going to show up, and he's going to take care of business. It's like, ooh, it's like you sit back, you're going to want to pop popcorn and all that other stuff. You ain't gonna, but you're going to watch Jesus be vindicated. And you're going to watch, even you will be. But look at this. See, Jesus did all of that. Why? Why did he do it? Why did he do it? Why? What? Say it again. Love. He did that because of love. He, he look at verse. I want you to look again. Look at verse eleven. Every priest stands daily, ministering and offering time after time the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. Which establishes, establishes the fact that you are sinful and your sins need to be removed. So Jesus did it one time and he didn't just cover your sin. 
He's sneaking you in under a blanket in heaven. Do you understand? Shh, be quiet. Be quiet. God might hear. Shh, come on. He ain't doing that. He's saying you had sin. Now you don't. Now you don't. You don't need this no more. The cane is gone. What you've been relying is gone. It's done. He took it away. You don't need it. You don't have to stand on it. You don't need to do anything but just accept me. Guess what? God has approved everything that I did. He authorized it. He stamped it. He did everything and said, I am sufficient. So guess what you don't need? You can walk without this. You can work without this. You don't have to worry about anything else anymore. Just serve me. That's all I need you to do. He took it away. But only if you believe. If you don't believe, you need your cane back. He believes, though. <laughs> he was dancing last week in Sunday school, so I don't know. He believes. But if you don't, you need to tr- you're trusting in something else to get you along. But Jesus Christ came and he took away your sin. If, 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 you, are, if, if you think, if you think for a moment that you can offer him anything, if you think for a moment that you can offer him anything, you're wrong. You're wrong. He is fully, he is fully God, fully man, and he said, I'll go do this, and I'm going to take it, and I'm going to carry it, and I'm going to deal with it, and it's going to be taken away, and you don't have to worry. And when I get done, you're going to know I'm done because I'm sitting down. How many of you got an employer and where you can't sit down at work? When you sit on at work, like, why are you sitting? You ain't, work ain't done yet. Work is not done. You need to get back up and get to work. Look, I used to work on a production line, building cars. Wasn't nowhere on the line where you sat down. When that car came, you had to be ready. But when it was break time, when the day was done, I went and I sat. Because I was finished. God finished. But see, you're having to keep standing. You want to know why? Because you hadn't put your faith in God. You hadn't put your faith in Jesus. And so you got to continue to stand. And you're going to keep working at it and working at it and working at it. And then you know what's going to happen? You're going you're to show up before the judgment seat. Your name ain't going to be written in the book of life. Or the, the rapture's going to come and you're gonna, you're gonna, everybody's going to be gone but you. Everybody's going to be gone but you. And you're going to say, but I, but I, but I. And God said, but you didn't. You didn't believe. You, you are not good to go. Thank you, John. You need to, I need, we need to get that amen little preacher bitch up here so John can sit up here and need one on each side. Look at verse 14. For by one offering, for by one offering he has perfected for all time those who are sanctified. Now keep in mind, I wrote in my Bible the definition of perfected. Completely free from defect or fault. 
completely free from defect or when he perfected it in past tense. He did the work for today, yesterday. And he perfected it completely free from defect or fault. So in other words, now, me, me, with no hair, one arm longer than the other, slew foot, scar on my knee, okay, all of that stuff, I will stand before holy God, perfected, because of the work of Jesus Christ. See, I believe that. When you, when you, hey, you, you got to have hope in something. You got to have hope in something, and it better be the right thing. It's got to be the right. If, it, if it's not in Jesus Christ and you're hoping in something that that you might get in. OK, look, there's no skating in the heaven. There's no there's no easy way. Oh, I got in just before the door closed. When the door is shut, it's shut. You know, we all watch enough movies where people got 10 seconds to get through the blast doors before everything blows up. Right. You see, you don't even know the time. You don't even know the day. You don't even know the hour. You have no idea when it's going to come. So why not be ready? Why not be ready when it's when it's there, while it's there, while it's ready and presented to you? Why not? Why wait? Why try to get in the last minute? You need to treat it as if it's Black Friday. Yeah. Black Friday, you lined up at the door to be the first 100 to get in to get something, aren't you? You're waiting there, aren't you? No, we're not. We're sleeping. I ain't getting up at 4 o'clock. I ain't camping out. Ain't nothing that important but Jesus. Now, now what if we put a sign out here at the door and had a Black Friday sale for Jesus? What if we all knew, hey, what if we all knew September 9th, 2018, Jesus Christ is going to come? You need to come get saved. Post that on the Internet. Watch what happens. There'll be some people that believe you. And they'll be lined up and they'll be worried. See, those that showed up worried need to really worry because they're not sure about where they stand. You can be sure today. Because Jesus Christ came and he took away the old system and he put in a new system that doesn't just cover your sins, but it takes it away. He didn't, like I said, he didn't take away the law. The Old Testament just applies as much Jesus in the Old Testament as there is in the New Testament. So don't don't get on this replacement stuff thinking you don't need to. You, let me tell you something. You need it. And when we start next week talking about offerings, you're going to find out. See, Jesus took care of the sin offering that has had to be offered. Everything else was for thanksgiving and, and, and peace and all these other. But Jesus took care of the sin that separated from you, you from God. That was what was the hindrance. The sin in your life is the hindrance that separates from you, you from God. You better get it. You better get it. Because if you don't get it, you're going to get it. Now, this is two weeks in a row I've kind of preached on even though it's not hellfire and brimstone, but it is hellfire and brimstone. Because at this stage in life, you got to make sure you got it right. Even if you're 10 years old, you got to make sure you got it right if you know the difference between, if you know what sin is. 
If you sit in here today and you just feel good because you're here on Sunday, you need to get it right. I know Jason's not here because it makes him feel good. He's here because he loves God, right? Coming in here on Sunday doesn't fix it, does it? Coming in here on Sunday doesn't make you in right standing with God. Let me tell you something. There's demons and everything else that ooze under that door on Sunday morning. They're waiting at the door. Hey, they do treat it like Black Friday. They are waiting outside that door, waiting for it. Let me see who I can get in here and who I can distract. Let me get in here and see who I can get in here and say, hey, wait a minute. I don't like kind of what he's saying. I don't think I'm going to listen to that no more. He hurt my feelings. He called me a sinner. He called me a liar. He called me a thief. He called me a murderer. He called me a whoremonger. Y'all know what that is, huh? Okay, good. I don't want to have to preach a sermon on that, but I can. God can do it. He called me all of these things. I don't know if I like that. I'm going to go down the road to the church. You know, there's that demon that's in here that says, I'm going to go down to the church that tells me that I am okay. That's just like having lung cancer and going to a doctor that tells you you don't. Until you go and find a doctor that tells you, no, you, yes, you got lung cancer. No, you have lung cancer. No, you have lung cancer. All these doctors tell you, and then you finally find the one that says, hey, you ain't got lung cancer. I like you, doc. I like you. I'm here to tell you, Jesus Christ came, did away with it all. So that you can spend an eternity with the Father in heaven. And he did it the right way. He did it the only way. And that's the only way you can do it. No man comes to the Father but by me. That's it. He told that to everyone. He told that to the Pharisees. He told that to everyone. Because we were having a discussion in Sunday school this morning. Guess what? When Jesus Christ paid the price, guess what happened to the temple? The veil was torn and the temple was crushed. They had no other way to offer sacrifices. So guess what? If their desire is to be close to God, there was only one way to be close to God. That was through Jesus because the temple wasn't there anymore. Yeah. And he says it. He's done. He's done. here's the good part. Look at verse 17 in Hebrews chapter 10. Verse 17 says, and their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. Now where there is forgiveness of these things, there is no longer any offering for sin. You see, when he says there's no longer any offering, there's no longer a need for it. And there's also nothing else you can do different to it. Nothing else is acceptable. Nothing else is acceptable except for the blood of Jesus Christ. That's it. And then he says this in verse 19. Therefore, brethren, since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he inaugurated for us through the veil, that is, his flesh. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a sincere heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled clean from e- from an evil conf- conscience 
and our bodies washed with pure water. Therefore, since Jesus has done all of this, draw near to God. Draw near to God. That applies to the lost and the saved. Draw near to God. You better get it. Draw near to him. Now, those of you that are saved, how do you do that? How do you do it? Huh? How do you draw near to God? How? I'm waiting for an answer. How? How do you draw near to God? Through his son, through prayer. What? Through study. What else? Huh? Yeah, what? Tell others. The more you're telling about Jesus, guess what? The more time God is hearing you tell him, the guess, who's, guess who's nearby? God. I can sit up here and teach you about how to balance your checkbook and how to get out of debt all day long. That ain't going to draw you near to God. It's going to take the gospel. It's going to take that. And then sometimes you got to be, you saved folks need to be reminded about the gospel. You need to be reminded. Because you know what? In this old fleshly state right here, we love darkness. It's a natural way. And God is telling us, stop it. Okay. Psalms. 